You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock and this programme is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8pm and in it I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. And my guest in tonight's programme is Claire Johnston, who is the lead singer of Mango Groove, but we're going to find out more about her uh, because that's about all I know about you. Claire, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Richard. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Well, it's great to have you on the programme. And (laughs) perhaps you can tell us a bit more about who you are because all I know, literally, (laughs) is that you're the lead singer of Mango Groove. So tell us a bit more. Wow, that's a very good question. Who am I? That's something I ask myself on a sort of regular basis, especially during the pandemic. I find one one soul searches quite a bit. <laughs> um, I am, yes, most definitely the lead singer of Mango Groove. I've been in that job since I was 17, since I was at school. Um, it's been an amazing journey. And uh, it was something I always wanted to do. So I've always been someone who's been drawn to music and to theatre, and uh, that's been my, very much my passion. Um, who else am I? I, oh, I went to WITS. I did a, a Bachelor of Arts degree in uh, politics, philosophy and English. Um, and this was just as Mango Groove was starting to travel the country and then eventually start to travel internationally as well. So it was a very interesting um, and, uh, yeah, kind of complicated time yeah. in terms of all the juggling that went on. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of who I still am today. Mango Groove has very much been my life. I've grown up in the band. It's still my passion, and it's been 35 years, and I'm, I'm mildly amazed it's, it's, <laughs> it's gone as it. <laughs> well, actually, it's incredible that you were just still at school when you started. Was that here in Gauteng? It was here in Gauteng. Uh, Mango is very much a, a Joburg band. Um, and, yeah, I, I met the guys through my singing teacher, the late and very great Eve Boswell. I was having um, singing lessons with her. Um, I'd been in a production, a Brickleburg production of Annie when I was 10, uh, a proper professional production, obviously, with the amazing Brickleburg duo. And that's when my mum realised that this was something I could probably take quite seriously and so the idea was for me to just do what I could to cultivate that so um was being trained by Eve to sing better and (laughs) And one of the guys from Mango Groove and Mango already existed Mango Mango had already been going about a year one of the guys called and said quote unquote we're looking for your best female singer and uh, she sent me along and that's how it began and it was always quite messy um, I met the guys, I'd already seen them perform at a concert and I thought they were interesting. But I remember thinking, but where's the singer? <laughs> and obviously very biased, being you know, a singer myself, thinking, well, the singer is everything for heaven's sake, where is the singer? And um, yeah, so I met the guys and then I literally just went to meet them, saw them perform again, chatted briefly to John, who's the founding member, and then I didn't hear anything for about a month. So I got back to my normal school activities, I was in matric, and then I get a call, and this is classic John, um, and he will forgive me for saying this. I get a call on a Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, saying, we have a gig on Saturday. Can you rehearse tomorrow and Friday? <laughs> and I mean, I'm a schoolgirl. <laughs> Thankfully, my very sympathetic and understanding mother said yes, and that's how it began for me. That's quite amazing. What an amazing story. <laughs> and that's, that it's, been, it's been a, an incredible journey uh, over the past 35 years and the amazing thing is uh, because pop groups and and groups of musicians seem to be more ephemeral than most other groups and it's amazing that Mango yes. Groove is still going 35 years later. It is amazing to me you know as you say that we are I mean Mango is ultimately a, I suppose you'd call it a pop band uh, very much with our roots in African jazz but at the same time yes a pop band ultimately we like um we like the idea of, of, of being of, of pop because pop is pop is fun, pop is popular. Um, you know, you, you want to reach as many people as possible. And it has been quite the journey. I mean, when I when I did join the when I joined the band in eighty five, um, I joined a band that had a sixty four year old black man called Mickey Villacazi who had served in World War Two in the entertainment corps. And that just really spoke to me. I thought that was amazing. I'd grown up on a lot of jazz 
Um, so being in a band with someone like Mickey, who had this massive pedigree, meant a huge amount to me. And uh, I, you know, I was quite overwhelmed by by all of that. And I think that's what I've always loved about Mango. It's it's not about you know, you don't have to be a particular age. You don't have to be a particular anything. It's if you love the music and you want to be a part of it, that's all all that's required. Well, let's listen to your first choice of music, which is Julie London with Crimea River. And then perhaps when we've had yes. that, you you can tell me why you've chosen these various pieces of music. Here it comes, Crimea River. That was Crimea River featuring Julie London, the choice of Claire Johnston, uh, who's my guest in People of Note. Uh, Claire, is there a reason why you've chosen all these different pieces of music? <laughs> well, I, I really am. Musically, I'm all over the map. Um, for me, music is very much about my mood. So sometimes it'll be a sort of Ella Fitzgerald day. Sometimes it'll be a Metallica day. <laughs> um, it, it's really for me about about mood. And, you know, if, if we'd spoken a month from now, I might have chosen slightly different songs. Some people would have made it onto the list regardless. For instance, Julie London, for me, is just one of the greatest singers ever. I love the warmth in her voice. Um, she just sort of gives you it's this feeling of it's just and warmth and comfort. So she would probably still be on my list at any time of day, night, or or time of my life. Yeah, but it's a, it's a very powerful song, though, Cry Me a River, because I cried a river over yeah. you. It's a sort of almost like a vengeance song. It's a good point, actually. I hadn't yeah. thought of it quite. It is quite an intense song, and I love that. I like, I like conviction in, in music. I, 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 as much as I can really enjoy some bubblegum stuff as well, what, what ultimately does call me is if there's some depth to it. Now, I'm quite interested that you said you were a part of a production when you were just 10 years old. Had you always yes. wanted to be sort of on the stage or singing? Yes, I was one of those little children who um, who started singing from a young age. So I was born in England. We came out here uh, when I was I was three and a half, I think. And I got the lead in the nursery school concert at the age of four. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there was a one of my, my my schoolmates' mother was an actress, and she was in the audience. And I don't know if you remember the show Tracy Dark, the world of Tracy Dark, Erica Rogers. She was in the audience and she said to my mother, do put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Johnston. <laughs> so from that, I was given the sort of a thumbs up from a professional actress at a young age. And obviously that excited me hugely. And I was always encouraged by, by, by both my parents. My, my parents went on to divorce and my father went back to the UK. My mum and I stayed over, stayed on in South yeah. Africa. And my mum was just always massively supportive. And did you learn... Other instruments? Were, did you do the sort of standard music thing, piano or violin or no. anything? No. No, I didn't. Now, interestingly, my paternal grandmother, who I knew only when we lived in England, she was very gifted musically, and she um, actually got a scholarship to study, uh, to study piano at Leipzig University, which is quite a big deal. Apparently, she turned it down to get married and, and do all of that sort of, you know, the thing that, that people did. Um, but so I think that's where any kind of musical ability comes from for me. But no, I didn't ever have a piano. When I was about 16, I had some guitar lessons. Um, but it was quite, quite strange. My guitar teacher used to just often take the guitar away from me and have me sing to him yeah. while he played the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, was this, very well. <laughs> when, you, when you started singing with uh, Mango Groove, was that almost your first gig or had you sung with other groups and bands? That's, that's such a good question because it's something I often forget. I was in a teenage band when I was about 14. Um, I was in a teenage band with Alan Lazar, who later became Mango's keyboard player and who now lives in, in L.A., and with uh, J Jared Aston. He, he then went on to form Face to Face, the band Face to Face, and we were in a band together, and we really just rehearsed. It's amazing how much we loved rehearsing. You speak to Mango these days, we can't stand rehearsing. We rehearse if we're putting together a new show um, with great sort of reluctance. <laughs> but what we, love is, what we love is the gigs and the interaction with the audience. Whereas when we were you know, 15, we, we, we just enjoyed the performing and the rehearsing. It's quite funny how these things change. So uh, your next choice I see is Freshly Ground. And interestingly yes. enough, Freshly Ground has a very strong lead singer also. 
Um, Very. And it's called I'd Like. Let's listen to that and then you can tell us about that. Freshly ground with I'd Like. That was the wonderful Zolani Mahola singing I'd Like. She's the lead singer of Freshly Ground. And it's the choice of Claire Johnston, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. Claire Johnston herself is the singer. I I don't know, should I refer to you as the lead singer or the singer of Mango Groove? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the lead singer because I'm, I'm, I have three amazing women who, who back me up and who kind of give me all, all the energy that I have on stage. I, I get it all from them. So, yeah, you probably call me the lead singer. Yeah, but isn't it interesting that uh, you and Freshly Ground, the two bands, Mango Groove and Freshly Ground, uh, sort of hang on their lead singer, if you like, because without the lead singer, oh. what happens? Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Zolani fan, and I've had the joy of working with her several times. And uh, for me, she's a very, very strong front woman, a very, very strong character and and a beautiful voice and multi-talented. She's a remarkable person. And when you when you sang in Mango Groove, was has it been sort of like that from the beginning? You were the sort of the front man, if you like. I started off pathetically shy. I mean, you would almost have imagined that I was reluctant to be there. I went through a very, when I joined Mango, I went through quite a shy phase. I don't quite know what was going on. I really wanted to be there, but I felt very awkward. And I remember just sort of standing very still and just wanting to um, get it right. Um, look, in fairness to me, uh, that those rehearsals, those kind of last-minute rehearsals I had with the band, uh, when I got, I got to properly meet everyone and it was quite overwhelming, I didn't have a microphone. <laughs> so the first time they actually heard me sing was at the gig. So that was very trusting of, of everyone to just think, okay, well, I'm sure she can sing and we're not quite sure, but you know, let's see what happens on the day. <laughs> and that's where it began. But I was, very, I was very shy in the beginning. And then over time, I got more confident and you know, you find yourself as a performer, you find your own style and you probably start off, I think, slightly imitating other people. And then over time you become, you know, you become your own, your own person. Well, as you gain more confidence. And, yes, and I exactly. guess, were you, were you the youngest member of the band? At the time, I certainly was. I was the baby. And yeah. of course, that's not true anymore because, you know, after 35 years of being in a band, people, you know, people have passed on, sadly. Yeah, well, it's it is an amazing thing though because um, I know that last year, uh, well, this year you haven't been busy, but last year seems to have been almost the busiest year ever. <laughs> last year was wonderful because we celebrated um, the thirtieth anniversary of the release of that first album. So while the band started in eighty four, um, so we've been going longer than thirty years. It's really only when that first album came out in eighty nine, after several false starts, that that things really sort of catapulted for us and that things, yeah, exploded really, which was beyond exciting and beyond our wildest dreams. So, yes, last year was great. And in fact, the build-up to last year, the last sort of four years have been incredible um, and and so just so amazing to us that after all these years we can still do, you know, we do these wonderful festivals and there are people of all ages who respond to the music and who've grown up on the music and, we, you know, we just we just love that. Yes, because after 35 years, I must say, uh, your people's children are now coming to concerts that their parents <laughs> would have heard. <laughs> no, 100% right. You know, you, in an audience, when you're on stage and you know, you're at one of the big festivals and there are people 18 and below in the audience and you, you sort of want to say, you know, we want to sh- say thanks to your parents for you know, <laughs> introducing you to our music and think, no, don't do it because right now age doesn't matter. No, it <laughs> certainly a, doesn't moment with a wonderful exchange with an audience it doesn't matter what age they are don't bring that into it <laughs> and i guess they know all the words too which is great they do i remember we did opi copy um in 2013 and i, I remember we were, we were thinking how's this going to go you know are they going to throw beer cans you know are we the right fit for this and in moments away, I couldn't hear myself sing. I basically just handed the mic over to the audience. I just pointed the microphone at the audience, and they just they just went went with the song. So that was that was incredible. Amazing. Now your next choice is uh, the girl with the sun in her hair. Just tell us a bit about that. I'm mildly obsessed um, with the music of John Barry. I think you know he's John Barry of of all the Bond themes. 
I love his chord sequences. I love his, you know, his style of music. And it also reminds me of being a young child and falling in love with music. And, you know, the way he writes, he just paints pictures with, with, his, with, his, with his music. And I had, to, I had to include him. Here it comes. The girl with the sun in her hair. That was The Girl with the Sun in Her Hair, beautiful song by John Barry, and the choice of Claire Johnston from Mango Groove, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. Claire, what are some of the highlights of your time with Mango Groove? Because you must have had many. I mean, you've done overseas tours. You, what, are, what are some of the big moments that you've had? Yes, but, well, the, the obvious ones are, um, you know, your first big stadium show, and that would have been in, in South Africa, um, probably Ellis Park, where it was packed and it was, you know, the best South African musicians you can possibly imagine all on one bill. And that, that, those festivals were incredible in those days, sort of, we're talking about the early 90s. And there was a wonderful sense in the audience, a sense of positivity and optimism. And then, of course, the really obvious one is the inauguration of Nelson Mandela in 1994 because the country was just on such a high. And being at the venue and seeing Madiba and the flyover and the flag and, the, you know, all of that sense of a new nation emerging um, and all of that, again, that optimism and that hope. And then, of course, the first time you, you travel overseas and you do, do a big show, we did a show called um, Rock Against Racism in Paris and it was raining and in special star we knew we were reaching the audience when the umbrellas were bobbing up and down in the rain <laughs> and it was this massive 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 audience of over a hundred thousand people and that was incredible where you almost want to stop singing and just look yeah. <laughs> and look and, and 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 of course i wish 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 in those days we'd had cell phones to cap capture all of these moments but we didn't yeah. you know, we didn't have that technology then um those sorts of things obviously stand out because they're big. And then there are the smaller things, the smaller moments. The, the first time you hear yourself on the radio and or the first time you hear that, you know, you've gone to number one on the radio and, and you stay there for, for months. We stayed on, on, on the sales charts for months and months. I think almost a year we were in the sort of top ten on the sales charts, yeah. which is uh, just a massive vote of support from 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 a pub from the public which is that's what you want really yeah you know you're 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 kind of getting it right and you know so there've been so many things that have been so special um, yeah. it really would be worth sitting down and writing it all down before yeah before i think someone should before too long yeah, yeah. yes because um i i can certainly remember the first time i saw uh, Mango Groove. Also, we've worked together on on a few occasions. Yes, but I we do. Have. I do remember the the Starlight Classics when we all performed together, and of course, there's another moment where everyone lights their candles and there are just five thousand uh -huh. candles in front of you. It's so beautiful. Um, but I that certainly, yeah, I remember the first time I ever saw your face, which is the title of your next song by Roberta Flack. So let's listen to that. The first time I ever saw your face. And then uh, you can talk to us about that. Lovely. That was the first time I ever saw your face. Roberta Flack, another of your favorites. Another of my favorites. Another beautiful voice and another great song. It's just got such a quality to it. It really pulls you in. Um, and again, warm and, and embracing. And I see some of the other groups that are coming up from your choices. Uh, yes. Um, uh, the Carpenters, Nirvana, Blondie, <laughs> E-Void, I see. That was, I know, yes. in, in the 80s, or was it even, yeah, in the 80s, I remember seeing E-Void painted all over Hillbrow. They had, they had a, right. someone had been walking around painting on the walls, I remember. <laughs> Just, <laughs> when, did you ever perform covers with uh, Mango Groove, or did you only ever do your own material? We only ever really did our own material. We do the odd, um, when I say cover, as in a South African cover, like we, for instance, we do Lion Sleeps Tonight. Uh, but we've never really done other people's music. Um, we prefer to kind of, yeah, I think be as original as possible. Um, but Lion Sleeps Tonight, we just, we love doing that. Yeah. It's just so much fun. And, and did you appear with other bands on the stage? You must have many times. Many, many times, um, you know, and it's always lovely when you've got a big festival and you get to say hello to people and because, you know, what what a lot of people 
imagine is that we're all we all hang out together all the time <laughs> but we don't so it's really at these big at these big you know when there are big festivals we get to see each other which is it's always special it's always like seeing family that you haven't seen in a long time but avoid for me that was you know i was about 15 when they 15 16 so it was before i joined mango groove and i just thought they were incredible they were so fresh and 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 very south african and I've always liked that. I've always liked music that is original. They weren't copying anyone. They were obviously being influenced by all sorts of things, but they had their own style. And I've always, I've always admired that. And here's their song called Fadget. That was the group from, well, certainly when I was around uh, Hillbrow in the 80s, I remember <laughs> Evoid and their song called Fadget. And uh, I wonder, are, are any of these groups still going? Does Evoid still happen or have they faded away now? Avoid that um, Eric and Lucien, they live in London, but they do come out occasionally. And I think they're coming out for something. Well, they were coming out for a show. And I think obviously that got um, postponed, what was COVID. But no, they still get together yeah. and, and perform occasionally. <laughs> and I think they're still very good. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's amazing because if you think of these groups that do get together and perform now, like the Rolling Stones or... Uh, all these yes. groups that, that were something, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, the amazing thing is that Mango Groove has just kept going all that time. You've never had a break, really. It's quite incredible. We've had the odd break for so, some solo projects and things like that, but we've always, we've never not had a gig, let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, it's just been you know, very important. It's been, I realise how important that is to me. So I've, when I've done solo things... I've sort of missed everyone yeah. <laughs> and, you know, wait to get back to, I guess it's my musical home, really. Yeah. And um, how many have you released solo albums and how many? I've released two solo albums. Um, as, uh, uh, my first one was called Fearless and it was recorded largely in the UK. And then my second one was called Africa Blue. And, you know, that's something I'll definitely look at doing more of. I've been writing a little bit with our keyboard player, Andrew. Um, and we've been coming up with some interesting things. So that might be something I'd look at it in, in the future. But always, you know, with Mango Groove. You know, yeah. Mango Groove is and quite recently, Evoid had their, the, the two members of Evoid had their visit uh, cancelled because of COVID. How have you used this time? Have you been using it to create new material or what have you been doing? We have been, um, there's been a consolidation of things more than anything else. There's been a, a sense of working on legacy projects, um, a mango documentary, those sorts of things. But to be honest, it's, it's been difficult because I personally haven't felt at my most inspired. Um, and I speak to other people and they're, they're also feeling a little bit flat. And I think we have to sort of congratulate ourselves if we're just getting by. Um, I think that's enough at the moment just to cope and keep our heads down the odd creative sort of flash happens to me and I want to, you know, do something. But by and large, I'm, I'm, I'm finding I'm living quite, quite a small life. I'm, I'm being very careful about going out. Um, and, you know, it just impacts one. I think this whole, this whole sense of this thing all around us is, is, is you know, it really is quite, it's quite sobering. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play next the, uh, from your list of music, the cello concerto by Elgar, because he wrote oh. this just after the First World War. And, yes. and it has a sort of a feeling of that in it, I think. Does it, does it Very much have it for you too? I was always struck by that because I'm, I'm quite obsessed with that whole, that whole period. And this piece of music for me really does just, it sounds like that, how that time must have felt. And it's, it's haunting and melancholy. And I've always loved the cello. And um, yeah, I think the cello is one of my favorite instruments actually. And I think that after this COVID thing is all over, when it's all over, I'm sure people yes. are going to write about this period too. They're going to reflect it in their music if they're not already doing so. But let's listen. Right. Yeah, let's listen to the first movement of the cello concerto by Edward Elgar. That was the first movement of the cello concerto by Edward Elgar. Jacqueline Dupre was playing there. It's a famous recording that she made with Sir John Barbirolli. And uh, she had a, a very sad end because she had multiple sclerosis. But this, this recording is a very famous one. It's the choice of Claire Johnston, who's my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 
1027. It's broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. And we talk to someone who has an amazing story to tell, just as Claire does. And Claire, I notice uh, coming up next is the Carpenters song. Uh, were, they, were they groups that sort of inspired? I know Mango Groove has their very own sound, but there must have been some uh, inspirations that you got from other groups. With Mango, you know, our roots being in African jazz, we were very much inspired, and this is very much John's vision. John John Layden grew up obsessed with Spokes Mashiani, Lemmy Special, um, the sound of the penny whistle, the sound of Quela and Marabi. So that's Mango, those are Mango's roots. But then, of course, all of us bring, all 11 of us bring our own influences to bear as well. And um, so I guess what I'm bringing is, is my obsession with... Um, with people like Ella Fitzgerald, with people like Karen Carpenter, with people like Debbie Harry from Blondie, you know, all of that definitely influences how I approach a song. Um, so no, it, it's, it's an interesting thing when you have so many people in a band all bringing their own energy and, and influence, you get a very interesting sort of mix happening. Yeah, and 11 is quite a lot. And, <laughs> and, and there's, been, there's been quite a turnover over the years, I guess. Well, the, yes, there has because, you know, as I say, when I joined the band at 17, Mickey was 64. And, you know, the sad thing is he didn't even get to see the release of the, of the first album. He sadly passed away from cancer before yeah. that even happened. But, you know, and then, you know, we've had trumpeter, a trumpeter like Banza Khaswane, who's the, the father of, of Moti from Mikasa. Now, Banza is just an exceptional trumpeter or was an exceptional trumpeter. He, he had such a tone. And that uh, featured very strongly in some of those very early Mango Groove recordings. So there has been, um, it's been a, a bit of a turnover. And of course, thank goodness, we still have Beulah Hashe, who is one of my inspirations. She's been with us since 1990, since 1989, actually. And she's in her 70s. And when you see her on stage, you would not know it. So I always tell her, you know, she, you know, she just totally inspires yeah. me. Isn't that a wonderful a thing? Model. A wonderful thing that we can just, uh, for musicians, it's a great thing that we can just go on and on as long as we want to go yes. on. Yeah, we can. I think if you want to, um, if, if the passion is there, then then you can. As long as you look after yourself health-wise, you know, obviously you've got to, you don't want to go out there and be a shadow of yourself. But um, no, you can go on and on. Absolutely. Well, you've mentioned a couple of people in, in this chat, and Ella Fitzgerald was one of them. And here's yes. a, a fantastic song by her. Perhaps you can just talk about Night and Day. Oh, I just, even as a little girl, I just thought this was romantic. Long before I understood what romance was, <laughs> this sort of, it gave me a sense of what I was going to expect from, from life in terms of romance. Um, no, I, I just think it's beautiful. And to me, she's just... Oh, just one of the best, if not the best of all time. So here she comes, Ella Fitzgerald with Night and Day. That was the wonderful Ella Fitzgerald, the choice of Claire Johnston, my guest in People of Note, performing Night and Day. And you talked about uh, romance. Uh, your whole life really must have been something of a romance because you were doing <laughs> what you loved. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, you know, with, with, with all of that, and, and I'm sure you know this too, with doing what you love comes, you know, come, come the, the hardships as well, the disappointments and the, you know, we almost did, did this and we almost did that, you know, the, the near misses where you think back and you think, if, I wonder if we'd chosen that path, what would have happened? But, but by and large, you're, you're quite right, you know, by and large, it's, it's been amazing and I feel very fortunate. Um, and, you know, because it's not, it's not an easy business, you know, emphasis on the word business. It's yeah. ultimately quite cut. And you've got to have your wits about you. And, of course, when you start so young, you are clueless. You're just passionate about what you're doing. And just as well that you start young because, my goodness, you're kind yeah. of bulletproof when you're younger. But I must say, 17 is, is quite young to start. And I hope you had a, a good mentor in someone who could look after your interests because, you know, people could take advantage of a 17-year-old, and I'm not speaking in any other sense other than the business sense. And, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, that was obviously something that someone had to keep an eye on. Well, you're absolutely right. And obviously when it came to, to, to signing record deals and things like that, my mum would do that for me because I was underage. Um, but even so, you know, my mum wasn't, wasn't a lawyer, wasn't a professional herself. But, you know, you... 
you, you, you do make mistakes and you, you learn and you just have to be grateful that nothing sort of, nothing really destroys you. You just get stronger from, from negative experiences. Yeah. And we learn as we go. And, and I must say, I've, I've had a fantastic life in music, although it's been tough from time to time. Uh, but yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose anything else because I've actually had a fantastic time and I'm sure you have too. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think ultimately we have to be very, very, feel very fortunate to be doing what we love. And, and the slings and arrows come along and, you know, as you say, you grow with them and you learn. Yeah. And your next choice, Blondie, perhaps Heart of Glass, which can be broken also. Here it comes, Blondie's Heart of Glass. You mentioned uh, earlier Blondie and Heart of Glass. Yes. Is this a special song for you? It is because... Up until I, I think what happened is I saw Blondie and Debbie Harry on television, just as I think MTV had just started and the odd music video would make its way down to South African television. And I remember seeing this blonde vision with all this energy and all this attitude. And I think I was, yeah, I was about 10. And I remember just thinking, I want to be that. And, and you know, so she, she just made a huge impact on me. I'd always wanted to be a sort of theatre person. And when I saw Debbie Harry from Blondie, I thought, no, I want to be a pop person. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was, you know, she was quite a figure for me. She was quite a, you know, quite a, quite a, an impactful person yeah. for me. And what we didn't talk about was the time between the ages of 10 and 17. Did you take part in other musicals and shows in that time? I did. Thank you for reminding me. I did. I was in a couple of packed productions, always playing an orphan. I was in a show called The Archon. I don't know if you remember that. No. Nope. At the Civic Theatre. And, and then, of course, Evita. I was a, a, an orphan in Evita. So just sort of chorus. I was chorus. I'd shuffle on and then shuffle off. But again, it was, it was being in a proper professional show and learning how to conduct yourself on stage. I think that was quite invaluable, learning how to be a professional from a young age. I think that was, that was invaluable. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, really. So you were almost destined from your age of four or whatever it is in your nursery school <laughs> Uh, to be on the stage and obviously you enjoy being on the stage just to tell us something about that because I think it's very important always to, uh, for the people who are on the stage to to give off energy which can then come back to you from the audience and it's a sort of That's gift well it's something you know you, you you shouldn't take for granted because when I was young it came seemed to come very naturally to me I wasn't self-conscious I, I I sort of I felt like I knew what I was doing and I loved getting the positive feedback from an audience and, and it would, yeah, it would feed me. Definitely, it would, it would make me feel amazing. And it was only later I became much more aware of what can go wrong and much more self-conscious. And to this day, I mean, as much as I know if I put myself on the stage, I'll handle it. I'll, I'll absolutely handle it. No one will know that inside I'm slightly panicking. But I am very aware these days of what can go wrong and you you know the fact that it's every audience is different the energy is always different from show to show no two shows are exactly the same and with mango there are 11 of us on stage and that energy in as well is also different so the wonderful thing with mango is if i'm having a bit of a wonky day i draw a lot of strength from my you know my fellow mangoes which is which is very which is very lovely um, but no, it's, it's amazing that that courage of youth and that fearlessness of youth. And it's only later you start thinking about the, the potential pitfalls. <laughs> now, we also mentioned the Carpenters early. And here come the Carpenters with We've Only Just Begun. That was the wonderful Carpenters. And uh, she, I think, um, what was her name? The one who died from cancer. Karen. Karen Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, she was an amazing performer too. She was remarkable. You know, she started off as a drummer. And meanwhile, she had this incredible instrument, you know, this incredible voice. And again, she's someone I grew up, and my mum used to play the Carpenters a lot when I was about six years old. And I also was obsessed with her voice. Again, warm, that liquid honey um, you just trust her when she sings. You know she's going to get those notes. She's not going to make a mess. And and it just gives you a feeling of, you know, just warmth. Again, it's that lovely warm feeling. Yeah. And her career was rather cut short. 
uh, unlike yes. unlike Mango Groove, which has had uh, this amazing long <laughs> career. Are, are you thinking in Mango Groove about the longer term? I mean, it's difficult now because of, of COVID. But um, as we all get older, we have to think of what's coming in the future. Have you have yeah. you guys started thinking about that? <laughs> well, to be honest, we, we're thinking more and more about just doing what we do, which is performing. The, the band is, um, and obviously creating as well, but the performances are what we love the most. And the band is in a really good place. You know, we we have so much fun. And it's what you said. It's about that that the audience feeds off that, and then you feed off the audience, and it becomes this reciprocal, this lovely thing. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And the guys as well. We're obviously in touch a lot during this, during all of this, and we're all just dying to get together and and perform again. So yes, in terms of, I can see us doing this for as long as we're still enjoying it. Yeah. And that hopefully for a very long time, as long as and as long as people want us to. You know, you don't, we're not going to foist ourselves on a public. Obviously, no, you can go. travel around South Africa quite a lot, but do, do you still, well, were you still until lockdown, were you still doing quite a lot of international work? The odd one, not, that, not, not a lot. Um, our focus had very much been, um, been South Africa. But um, no, there's the odd thing that comes in, and obviously that's always great. Yeah, but when you're on a roll, you know you're right. That's your next choice by Nirvana. That was Nirvana with You Know You're Right, the choice of Claire Johnston, who's my guest in People of Note. Talk to me about Nirvana. Well, you know, it's that conviction thing again. You know, Kurt Cobain, um, whose life was also cut short by his own hand, sadly. Um, he, obviously, very, very intelligent, very talented man who didn't really know how to cope with commercial success and didn't really know how to how to live with himself through it. And I just always thought he was going to do, he could have done so, so much more. And, it, you know, his songwriting is very raw, very real, um, very unpretentious. And there's a lot of, as I say, a lot of conviction, a lot of, a lot of guts in it that I, that I respond to. Have you met any of these, well, I may, maybe not Kurt Cobain, but the people you're performing, uh, that you've got chosen here on your program have you met any of them freshly ground obviously you've met yes but who avoid i've met. yes um, but you're right i mean it's a good point um i think most of the people i've chosen i've, I've tended what i've tended to do is go on a bit of a nostalgic yeah. ramble um because i thought about whether i should include music i'm listening to at the moment or, or you know but i tended to I, I stuck very much around my sort of my my childhood and my adolescence into you know stuff that shaped probably helped shape who who I have become as a as a performer. Yeah. So the answer is probably not no yeah. no I, I would I would love my goodness to have met Ella to have met Karen Carpenter to have met Debbie Harry Debbie Harry is someone I could possibly still meet yeah. who I'd love to sit and have a chat with because she was very important in 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 her role as a woman in the industry was was very important she did she broke down a lot of doors for women she changed the, the face of the industry for women to to a big to a big degree well yes here's someone who's been big in south africa too bob marley um not i mean in south africa but but very popular in south africa and that's a song called natural mystic and and reggae has had a big influence in South African music. And I see Matabataba, who's helping me put this program together. He's getting in the groove here. And he's got a special <laughs> Rasta shirt on with Emperor oh, Haile it. Selassie on the front of it. <laughs> so lovely. tell us about Bob Marley. Um, now, we got to meet his son, interestingly enough. We performed at the uh, Namibian Independence and... Um, and Ziggy Marley was 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 there as well, and we got to meet we got to meet him and indeed his mum Rita. So that was lovely. That was that was a while back. But Bob Marley, I just also one of those guys who went too soon, um, and just made such an impact on the world with his with, with his not just his style of music, but he was really melodic. You know, he wrote beautiful songs. But he also he had a strong message, and I think with yeah. with Mango Groove. You've also had a message, and uh, although I'm not saying uh, you, you've been sort of politically involved, but you had a strong message of reconciliation before your time, really. We did, and, and I think the mere fact that in, 19, in the mid-1980s you had black and white South Africans on stage together, where it was actually, it was actually sort of pretty much illegal. It was, certainly wasn't encouraged. 
And those were very difficult and dark days, you know, with security police who were all over everything. Um, you know, we that was really our statement, was us all being together, making music, and 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 people responded to it. it yeah, they got to see how things could and should be, I think. Um, I think our most political song is a song called Another Country, written by, by John in response to the Boy Patong massacre. That has some, some fairly harsh lyrics to it, but the rest of it was really, it's really about us just showing what we can do, what South Africa could and should be, really. Well, here comes Bob Marley with Natural Mystic. That was the great Bob Marley with his song Natural Mystic, the choice of Claire Johnston, who is the lead singer of Mango Groove. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. It's the program that's broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 here on the pro on the station. And uh, we always get good feedback from it. So if you want to write in to me, uh, I can pass your uh, emails on to Claire Johnston. And uh, my email is rcock, rcock, that's my name, at iafrica.com. So please send me an email and I will pass it on to Claire for you. And it's always good to hear from you, so don't be shy of writing in because it's great to hear from our listeners, to hear what you like, and you may have suggestions as to who you would like to hear on People of Note. So do please write to me, rcock, R-C-O-C-K, at iafrica.com. Because we love you inside and out. That's our listeners, and that's Claire's <laughs> next choice. Uh, Claire, oh, tell me about Love You Inside and Out. Ah, the Bee Gees. Um, again, I, I'm being nostalgic. I'm thinking back to when I was about 10. And the movie um, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Fever came out. And I think that's when I first heard about the Bee Gees. And I was just completely obsessed with, with that whole sort of that, the, the dancing and the music. And I immediately rushed out and bought a cassette back to the days where we had cassettes and played it obsessively. Um, and the cassette I particularly liked was one called Spirits Having Flown. And this particular song is on that, on that album. And I just, I love everything about it. It's got such a great groove and it's beautifully produced. And in fact, I had the privilege of working with their keyboard player, a man called Blue Weaver in the UK on my first solo album. And he's the one playing all of those lovely sort of bubbling keyboard sounds. And um, so that was quite a thrill meeting, meeting him who'd been very, very active on this particular production. So let's listen to this. Uh, the Bee Gees, Love You Inside and Out. And then I want you to tell us about how you came to go to London for your first solo album, Love You Inside and Out. That was the Bee Gees with Love You Inside and Out. And some of you listeners may be wondering why we're playing the Carpenters and the Bee Gees and Blondie and Evoid <laughs> and Bob Marley, because our guest in tonight's program is Claire Johnston of Mango Groove. So, Claire, tell us a bit about your your first solo album. You uh, first of all, why did you go to London to record it, and then how did it all happen? Well, um, it was about. When, what was the year? It was about 1999, and it, was, it felt time to do something on my own. And I got an, uh, an album deal that allowed me to record where no one really knew me, um, where I could sort of reinvent myself, whereas if I'd stayed in South Africa, I would have um, ended up probably coming up with something that sounded very much like Mango Groove, and you know, I wanted it to be slightly different. So it was, it was quite amazing. I got to go to the UK. I worked at Peter Gabriel Studios, the Real World Studios, for quite a while. Then I got to go to Psalm West, which is where Bob, someone like Bob Marley recorded. He recorded there all the time. So did Led Zeppelin. So it was quite incredible being in these sort of hallowed studio buildings, going all the way back to the sort of 50s, 60s, and, and sort of trying to rediscover myself, finding a different side to myself. So it was quite an adventure. And it went on for a good year. I'd be backwards and forwards um, from the UK. And were you writing the material or did someone write for you? No, you know, this is what I'm... I'm annoyed with myself about is we, we sourced, I had an amazing producer called Vic Coppersmith Heaven who worked a lot with people like the Rolling Stones and we sourced a lot of really, really good material. I, I didn't feel confident enough to, to write my own, my own songs but um, I look back at it and you know that's, that's great. I had some great songs on that album and it was, it was a real adventure, a really, really exciting time. Uh, but no, I would definitely 
write for myself now with 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 other people i'd, I'd collaborate and, and write my own and just tell us the process within mango groove because with 11 of you there must be lots of ideas <laughs> flying around uh how do you Absolutely. how do you write songs well it generally uh, starts with john john is very much the sort of driving force behind the sort of creative vision of mango and then he'll he'll have an idea then he'll very often come to me and we'll flesh things out a bit further and 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 add add things on and then it'll get thrown out um to everyone else and everyone else will add their own stamps and come up with brass lines and um some slight variations and that's how you end up with a sort of rich tapestry that that is a song <laughs> at the end yeah it is it's an amazing process actually and you've had so many hit songs over the years I mean, I, I guess you've probably lost track of how many there are, but there must have been lots of them that have been very popular around South Africa and around the world. Yeah, we've been very lucky. And, and you know, the song that was the most surprising for us um, is the song Special Star because it's six and a half minutes long. It starts instrumentally and slowly. Then it sort of speeds up to a gallop. It stays instrumental, slows down again. In come the vocals for the first time, halfway through the song, and then it speeds up again. And when we um, when we recorded it, we didn't imagine radio would ever play it. You know, you, you don't really know what's going to be grabbed, what what people are going to like. Um, you just do what you believe in. And we were absolutely amazed when when radio really went for it, and and because it's not your your normal pop song at all. Uh, so, yeah, no, we, were, we were stunned when that did so well and, and, and utterly thrilled. Well, I think we should listen to it because uh, I notice you haven't, <laughs> you haven't put any of your own songs here, but I think no. we should play yeah. Special Star because it's such a, a special mm -hmm. song and it was certainly the one that we played at Starlight Classics. I remember it yes. well with a fantastic Beautiful. orchestral arrangement. So here it comes, <laughs> Special Star, the great song, Special Star, as performed by Mango Groove. Wonderful song featuring Penny Whistle, Claire Johnston, who's my guest on People of Note, and the whole of Mango Groove. And do you, when you perform, do people often ask, you know, with the, the audiences, do they say special star or? Uh... <laughs> they do. No, they do. I think one of our funniest um, moments was we performed. Yeah, this is very funny. We were in um, in France. We were in, I think, Bordeaux. And we were at a, a communist party fete. <laughs> we did we did our whole set and we did Special Star. And and then it was time to, I think Special Star was our final song. That's right. We ended on Special Star. We went down into our change rooms. No, no, no. They wouldn't have it. We, need, we ended up doing it three more times. We did <laughs> Special Star four times that, in total for that one show. It was absolutely hilarious. I think we went down twice into the dressing room and each time they no, no. And the, the second time we came back up, we just did it twice. We just wanted it. <laughs> we just no, we're not going to waste our time going back to the dressing yeah. room. Isn't it amazing, though? The, the French have had a sort of love affair with South African musicians and dancers yeah. and all sorts of people. So uh, yeah. just talk to us a, a little bit about that, how different uh, audiences have have been attracted to Mango Groove. It's very inter interesting, actually, because Mango Groove is it is very South African, but it's got there are elements I think that are, are universally appealing. You know, the sort of rhythms I think are quite quite accessible. Um, it's quite it's quite simple music. It's three chord. It's three chord music. It's not complicated, so it is accessible, and it's quite infectious. You know, some of the rhythms are quite foot tapping and quite quite pleasing, and then of course the penny whistle. I think that speaks to cultures all over the world most most countries have their version of a penny whistle it is kind of a folk instrument really if you think about it and so people find are, are drawn to it um so wherever we've been you know even if people first got up on stage and they haven't known who we are the response has generally been pretty favorable quite quickly and and that's always been lovely to see but it is interesting how different audiences respond some audiences are much more contained uh, much more um careful about expressing themselves and then of course other audiences just let, let let go much more easily so that's it's quite interesting to travel and see how different cultures re respond you know, to music well and wonderful because that's what makes uh, making music so interesting and so fun exactly. because people exactly. react in such different ways to it yes that's what that's what makes it so special absolutely
Okay, we've got a couple more choices coming up, and the first of these is Lost on You. That was Lost on You, uh, and it's slightly Lost on Me, because uh, <laughs> uh, just tell us a bit about it. I discovered, um, it's by a woman called, she calls herself LP. Um, her, her full name is Laura, Laura Pergolizzi. Uh, what a what a romantic name that is. Um, she's she's amazing. She's a singer songwriter. She's largely spent her career writing for other artists, and I think a few years ago, for the first time, started recording her own material for herself. And she's incredible. She's got the most remarkable voice. And um, I was I first heard her, yeah, I think two and a half years ago, and I was absolutely blown away. I just thought, who is this? And it turns out she's the real deal. She writes and she sings, and she's a great performer. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. Here it comes, Lost on You. And now we're coming towards the end of the program, and your, your final choice is Earth, Wind and Fire. And I'm sure that one of them used to live in South Africa. Uh, wow. Uh, who, who was in Earth, Wind and Fire that lived here? Was he a Canadian guy? I seem to remember a trumpeter. Bruce Cassidy. That's amazing. Was it, was it not Bruce Cassidy? Or was oh, he... my goodness. You know, you, you might be right. Bruce Cassidy definitely lived here. I, yes. think, you might be, I think you might be right. And I think goodness he was me. from Earth, Wind and Fire. Now, uh, and I'm just okay. wondering why you chose Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh, my goodness. This song, I mean, you can't sit still when the song is on. I absolutely adore this song. If I have to sort of pick a song um, at, a, at a function, if I'm at someone's wedding, and DJs opened up for requests. This is always on my list because it just it just it just sets everything alight. And musicianship; these guys are incredible, absolutely insane. Um, so I'm yeah, wow. This is a band I'd love to see live. Well, there it is: Earth, Wind, and Fire coming up now. Uh, the final choice of Claire Johnston, who's been my guest on People of Note. And I just want to say thank you, Claire, for coming on the program. It's been a bit of a, a mission to get you on the line, but we, we got you on the line. <laughs> and, and that's one of the dangers of being locked down is that we have to do things yes. uh, remotely. But it's great to have you on the program. Thank you for coming on. And, and no, Richard. Let me thank you. You've you've really brightened, you know, my day. Uh, you know, my my my. You know, I've had a lovely time chatting with you. It's made me feel connected and and you know connected to everything again. So thank you so much. It's a great pleasure, and thank you for all the pleasure that Mango Groove and you particularly have brought to us over the years, and certainly the well, occasions when we've worked together have been very very special. I quite agree with you. I look forward to more in the future. And meanwhile, take care and um, see you soon, I hope. Thank you very much. And here we go with Earth, Wind and Fire. That was Fantasy, performed by Earth, Wind and Fire. And that's the final choice of Claire Johnston, who's been my guest on People of Note. Thank you all at home for listening to this program, People of Note. And thank you also to Matabataba Khadebe, who's helped us put it all together. I'll be back with Full Works every weekday evening from 7 till 10, except on a Friday when it's 6 to 9. So I look forward to your company then, as we do every day here on Classic 1027. <laughs>